waking up today. Whoa, these are comfortable. I've never sat in these. The years are a little hotter, though. I've turned the seat up a little. So, but yeah, thanks for coming up. I did want a, a preacher here, so I want to just talk about a few quick things, and then we'll dive into uh, some commentary and want to hear you guys' both hearts and what we're talking about as well, too. Um, but I want just to read some scripture. And this is, again, under the theme of knowing God more. Can we put up a... 2 Thessalonians 3, 3. And it's really, it's, it's so important. This is a scripture where it says, but the Lord is faithful who will establish you. So he'll establish you. Back to our own efforts sometimes. He'll establish you and guard you from the evil one. This, this contents of, of Thessalonians and Paul writing to the church, he's, he's, he's talking about the evil one, but he's not always just talking one that has a pitchfork and horns coming at you. He's talking about people, too. Although we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, Paul told us, too, but spiritual principalities. But, God, but the, Satan can use people to represent uh, uh, Satan's plan and diffuse what God wants to do in us and through us, right? So, it's, it, so Paul's really talking about, but, it, but God's faithful. The Lord is faithful in those, in those times. Let's go to Lamentations, some Old Testament. This is the prophet Jeremiah talking. Um, he says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. I mean, just from, a, and I can use science in church, right? Just from Science, which is really just God's blueprint. Scientists didn't create anything. So, so that we are not consumed, just the mercies of God to keep the sun and the earth where it is. <laughs> and if it's off just a little bit of its access, we can be consumed at any time. I'm pretty thankful for that, of that faithfulness that he did. Because his compassion faileth not. Keep going. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I believe in the new, another version is, his mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So I think you can, you can tell, and then I want to hit one more, and then I'll get you guys going here. Let's go to Deuteronomy 7.9. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy. We need to understand that, especially with the cross. That we have a covenant for God to be walking alongside us and be faithful. And mercies for a thousand generations. That's, that's, that's a long time. With those who love him and keep his commandments. He'll be faithful to us. Faithful. When I think of faithfulness... Uh, in my life, I think of two, two, two types of faithfulness that God's been to me. One's been when I've, can I, the, the teenagers are gone, when I've screwed up, all right? <laughs> when I've made a mistake and God is faithful somehow to pick me up, dust me off, and say, keep moving, right? You think in the Bible of David, right? You've got King David. He was a shepherd boy from a king. You know, he disobeyed, made some mistakes a few times with God. Uh, taking a census, uh, getting with Bathsheba, can we say that? We know the outcome of all of that. Those were mistakes. But he was still faithful to David at the end. Then I think another part of faithfulness is um, that in our life, we, we, we're doing well. We're, we're, we're following God, following Christ, um, living this out daily. But then there's a point where God wants us, he, said, he wants us to go up another step. He doesn't want to leave you where you are right now. You're on cruise control, maybe. I notice when I'm on cruise control, I get asked to take it off sometimes. But another step. But then we find that step is, sometimes we want the faithfulness in the step, but he won't be faithful till we make the step. So it's so important if God's drawing you now to something higher in Him and stepping into the uncomfortability that, that just step out. Again, like we said earlier, in, the, in that obedience, He can step in and be faithful when you've stepped out. Otherwise, we'll just walk back and forth Super Bowl Sunday on the sidelines, right? 
and say, why am I not in the game or whatever? You, you, you look at Joshua going to bring the walls of Jericho down. But he still had to go to war for them to come down. Even when God said, I'm with you, we're gonna, the victory's yours, an angel appears maybe within feet of Jericho wall as they're approaching and says, the Lord thy God is with you, right? But the wall didn't come down when the angel was done with that sentence. Joshua still had to go to the wall and be obedient and then put musicians out in the front, which makes what? No sense, yeah. And the wall came down. Joshua was going higher to where God was calling him, but he still had to go to war and trust God. And God was faithful as they stood on top of that wall. And it came down, obviously. You look at Elijah, too. You know, we can get in, in it. We can live on. A, a, I'll be done in a minute. <laughs> John Waller, I'm a preacher. I'll put this away. The, the pre, but one more thing. You got John Waller had that song about man of the valley, right? And, and we like to live on these mountaintops sometimes. But the reality is many of us are, are, have this realization of something that really doesn't exist sometimes. And so you look at Elijah when he was this great prophet of Israel, everything that he did. I mean, just miracles left and right. And then he's, he's got a woman chasing him out into the desert. Jezebel, right? One a woman. <laughs> and he's starting to feel sorry for himself under a tree. And just feeling like, why have you forsaken me? Why, 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 why? So he's in this place. And God's trying to say, but there's more for you. And you got this why that's blocking what I'm trying to say. And this angel says, get up. Get some darn food and let's get moving. Dusted him off. God was calling him to something higher. And how many of us can be that, feel sorry for ourselves waiting for faithfulness, but the answer may be not God's faithfulness. The answer may be we just need to do what we heard last to do. And then his faithfulness will come. I am done. Sorry. Okay. All right. But that's faithfulness. No, no. But, but yeah, I just want to kind of integrate you guys. And we haven't done interviews a lot. Obviously, I'm not a good interviewer because I've taken 20 minutes up. But yeah. But talk to us. You know, just share how God's been faithful, how you were met. I mean, anything that sp- spoke to you out of that, definitely. Whoever talks first. Oh, they're elders before. Yeah, they're <laughs> my brother's my one been one of my heroes in my life, um, and uh, he's always taken lead, and I've always followed. And so it's a privilege to be up here, with my brother Mark, to be able to share about the faithfulness of God. Mm. And um, really, the other important things, first and foremost, we thank God for His faithfulness. And we thank God for our church, you know, and our church leaders because faithfulness in time and history is not always known because we know God. It's because we've seen it in people, and especially the people of God, you know. So I'll let Mark. I'd also like to thank um, God first and foremost and um, our senior pastor, John Pfeffer, and um, his family and Pastor Chris. My wife, um, who's been a amazing support in my life um, and then all of our congregation for allowing me to be up here today. I did want to elaborate on, on what you were saying about the faithfulness Please. of God Please. in Second Chronicles um, where Jehoshaphat is dealing with the armies that are coming against him and they, you know, he, he could get dismayed, he could get discouraged and say, why, you know, we, you, you let us out of Egypt, you know what I mean, and now we're here trying to get things together, you know. We're appointing judges and whatever, and, and um, you know, he sorts, he seeks the Lord in it. And then they get this young guy who comes, and he says, the battle's not yours. Mm-hmm. So go out to the Mount Aziz, right, and go to the battle, right? Um, so that's what they do. They wake up in the morning, and they, who they send out? The people to worship. They say, position yourselves. Um Positioning yourself is locking arms, actually. If you get the translation, it's locking arms with those who've been through the storms. Um, and, you know, these three armies that are coming against them, I mean, how are you going to beat them? You're not even prepared, you know, but God is prepared always, and he's faithful, you know. And so um, they wake up in the morning, and they send out, of course, the musicians because the beat of the drum and, you know, locking arms, now you've got your people with you, you know. And um, 
before they can get, even get out there to fight the mere bites and the mosquito bites. And, <laughs> you, know, of those, um, right? <laughs> you know, those armies that were coming against them started committing suicide and fighting against each other. By the time they got there, I think of it as like, you know, living on the street and you got drug dealers and you're dealing with it and you're trying to be a Christian and you're trying to, and, and, and all of a sudden one night they, they come against each other. And you go back out there, and when you get to that battle, and you're like, oh, my God, I like these Nike sneakers and, you know, all these, like, gold chains. And you get the spoils of the war, right? Sure. So um, sure. that's, that's an amazing. That's amazing. And in my life, um, those battles existed. Mm. And I don't want to really get into mm. all of the things that I've been through because at the end of the day, the hardest thing is to to have a relationship with God really because mm-hmm. you, you, you're trying to fight through all the stuff and, and you can't even get your own self out of the way mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but going back to it's funny because God definitely appointed this I, I know that even clearly when Pastor John came up here and talked about going to the Providence Rescue Mission mm-hmm. and it just brings back uh, to the days of 2002 when I went into the Providence Rescue Mission. Mm. And um, mm. how you doing, Jack? <laughs> and Jack, you know, God will send so many people in your life. Mm. And what God does mm. is he will do something in your life mm. that you cannot explain. And and I just couldn't explain it, even even though when I went into the Providence Rescue Mission, and before that I went into Teen Challenge, welcome people from Teen Challenge, um, and I thought I had it all together, right? And I left there within the 30 days. That was a commitment that I didn't uh, continue to, you know, do in my life. And, and then a year later, to date, a year later to date, um, um, I went into the Providence Rescue Mission. Not knowingly. That was already God speaking to me. Like, And I didn't realize it until I looked at the dates and I was like, oh my goodness. God, you're so specific with numbers. Mm, he is. Great designer, yeah. Yeah, like... Mm. I'm going to stop there and let Paris. <laughs> so, thanks for coming out, church. Praise God. <laughs> you know, you, you, Pastor John talked about going, stepping into something uncomfortable uh, in a new area. And I've always been the least to want to step out and be in front of people. He was always the, we're all gifted in like dancing and art and being creative and he's been the forerunner outside of my, our mom. Our mom has been the forerunner. We, we grew up mm-hmm. in a single-parent home. I mean, just kind of step back and set the foundation. Mm-hmm. We grew up in a housing projects in Prospect Heights, Pawtucket. And uh, every, everything that you can imagine in the biggest cities, um, in urban, inner city, really impoverished neighborhoods, happened there. We've seen it was a model for, like, some of the worst-case scenarios. So sometimes our language and what we, how we see things comes from that really tough background, you know, and... Faithfulness is not a word that you hear often, you know, in in the, in, the, in those environments. You may see it, but you don't hear it. So our foundation was we grew up multi-ethnic, multi-ethnic community, multi-ethnic family. We didn't know these words before. We all knew we were family, but we had a single parent, our mom, who, who raised us, who is in a nursing home right now um, dealing with uh, the effects of a stroke. But the faithfulness of God was displayed in her life throughout our time, and then you know, as you come and you walk through life, you face certain situations, those words will begin to emerge when you realize how important people are to you, mm. obviously people at first. And then when you come into a relationship with the Lord and then you realize this has been going on for a long time. God has been faithful from the beginning. And so, mm-hmm. praise God, our genesis is the standard of our faithfulness was our mom. And growing up in a really tough neighborhood. So faithfulness has to do with uh, consistency, uh, being reliable, being loyal, 
being dedicated, being committed. And that's all the, uh, I would say, the ingredients of what we've seen in our mom. And so they're a branch of the faithfulness of God because we know our faithfulness as people is a huge gap. I don't even know if you want to call it a gap Mm. between the faithfulness of God and us. But the people that we have in our lives are either displaying it or not. And when we get to know what it really means, we get to see what a standard looks like. And then when we see the image of God, and for us, we know that Jesus is the image of God. And Colossians says he's the image of the invisible God. All the attributes and characteristics of God is displayed in Jesus Christ. And so for many people in life, and I like to talk to people who are not within the church circuit, and we, I often do. It's like trying to help see, show them those attributes of God because they may not have seen it or recognized it. You know what I mean? And when you see the face of Christ, you see the faithfulness of God. Amen. Mm, and so, that's good. <laughs> and, that, and we... And we've come to that place through circumstances and situations mm. in life, good and bad. Mm. You know, this is a good one, you know. And, mm-hmm. and thank you, Pastor Chris, for mm-hmm. asking me because mm. I've been so, we've been so focused on our mom that um, just trying to be consistent for her, you don't want to deal with any, I didn't want to deal with anything else other than focusing on what's the most important thing right now. Obviously, God, trusting God in that process. But because you asked mm-hmm. us, it set me on a course to remind myself and to, to read and be renewed about how faithful God has been all my life and in this situation. So these songs that we'll play today and this topic is, if you don't know it, and even in the most difficult situations, you just become more desperate for what God has to offer because it's so great, even in the most, most difficult situations. Mm, that's good. That's good. That's good. Good. Um. Uh, my son and I were watching a message. It was like 19, it's, it's amazing. It was 1980, like in the 80s last night. A gentleman by the name of Ken Davis. I want to give credit where his credit's due for a minute. And, you know, the ties that you could land a few planes on, the ties. And you could tell it was the 80s, you know. And I told my son, I'm like, man, in that big church, there's not one smartphone. Interesting. But my point, what he was mentioning now, I want to maybe bring to you. Uh, and we just stumbled upon this message, and even just bringing Pastor John up was kind of last minute too, so we're just following the faithfulness of God leading this. But he, in one part of his message, he talked about what burning bushes have you seen? So what that meant is to the context he was using is Moses, obviously, as we know, when he's in the desert, and, 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 and this bush starts burning. We know this, and we've seen it characterized in other movies in a funny way, a real way. Whatever, well, never in a real way, except with God and Moses, but Hollywoodized or whatever. But what I want to make a point is there was a point where God was talking to him and telling him what he needed to do, again, stepping up. Uh, and then he immediately says, do you know who you're talking to, basically? I stutter. Moses stuttered. I'm not a great communicator. But then God would say, and he might have repeated in a few translations, Yeah, but I know I'll be with you. Yeah, but I know I'll be with you. So I guess, and when Moses actually went and did what he was supposed to do, the faithfulness followed, right? But is there anything in your life where it may not have been a a butane bush burning, but it was, you know, it may have been a big thing you can remember to say, okay, God was directing me, and then I said, because, you know, we're all humans in this room, right? We're spirit-filled. But we're all human, which means at some point we'll appraise who we are at times or who we think we are compared to what God's calling us to. And we say that gap there that's there. But what I'm asking you is, has there been times, and, and I can give many stories, and I will if I need to, but, you know, where I said, yeah, you know who you're talking to? You really want me, me to do that? I'm not equipped. And I know there's that phrase, God doesn't call the uh, qualified. He calls the, what is it? He qualified. Yes, there you go. Thank you. So it's kind of in that realm. But have you had that in anything in your area, whether just even speaking to somebody and sharing, because I know you're out a lot sharing, but any stories that you felt God was faithful? You may not even knew what to say and whatever or do, but anything that you can kind of share that might be helpful as I put you on the spot. (laughs) I don't know if this story... uh 
pertains to that so much, but I would like to share this story. Mm. There's a few different stories I want to share, but sure. we'll see where time goes. Um, and one of them was about this church, but mm. the other one is that when I did get into the Providence Rescue Mission a few weeks in, maybe a month in or so, um, my mom, I had spoke to my mom, and she said that the task force had knocked on her door, knocked, didn't break the door down, and um, asked for me. I don't know why, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's announced to you, yeah. And uh, had mentioned that I'd had five warrants for my arrest. Mm. And so I said, all right. I spoke to, at the time, Pastor Steve Gomes, who was assistant director uh, at the Providence Rescue Mission, and I, he said, well, it's a Friday. Why don't you wait for Monday? <laughs> I think that was wise, because um, I would have probably stayed the weekend. But I see where God was orchestrating um, this. And so Monday morning, I woke up, and uh, obviously I didn't have a car, so I would have had to take a bus down to um, wherever I was going to go. And so I started to pray um, to God and say, you know, what should I do this Monday morning? Should I go to my lawyer or should I go down to the task force? God didn't audibly speak to me because that just doesn't happen, right? But he spoke to my heart and sometimes you got to get really quiet and listen to what he's saying in your heart. And what he said was, walk. Walk downtown don't take a bus. Take time to speak to me. And don't go to your lawyers. Go to the task force. I'm like, go to the task force. They're going to lock me up. Um, but the other thing he said was, yeah, but they didn't knock down your mother's door. So I had to take that as a respect to my mom. you know. So I did that. And when I walked through the doors of the task force, I walked in, there was this gentleman named John. And he's, I said, hi, I'm Mark Fisher, and I'm here to turn myself in. He goes, you are? Where have you been? And I said, I've been at the Providence Rescue Mission. He said, okay, come on in the back with me. And so I get in the back room, and I'm like, I kid you not. He said, now let's pray. I don't even know how I was going to pray. I, could, I lost words, right? And we prayed, and he took me. That day was just a miraculous. I mean, I can't even. There you go. You just can't explain it. And, and it all happens when you begin a personal relationship. So I'm going to just say, if you don't have a relationship with God today, begin, give him three months wholeheartedly, just give him three months. And I'm going to tell you right now, he'll reveal himself, reveal himself, reveal himself. Mm-hmm. He'll speak to your heart. I'm telling you right now, you know, it's, it's not like life is just going to all change and all that. It's a gradual walk and, and, and things start to change in your life. And you, it's amazing. It's good. Mm. Um, there's so many, and like like I said, in the neighborhood we grew up in, and it's it's mm. been really circumstance after circumstance. Mm. But God was revealing Himself to us through our mom and through early mm. um, church services. They used to come to the Catholic church used to come into mm. our neighborhood and have service mm. there. So my mom wasn't didn't really know the word. She showed us Jesus in her actions, but she made sure we had uh, uh, you know we got the service, mm. you know, and so if that's a foundation it was mm-hmm. it was a doorway you know mm-hmm. and throughout time we always hear a voice that we whether we think it's a positive consciousness or or just us god is constantly speaking to us and drawing us and so there's many landmark moments where the voice of the lord was like you need to get it right you need to come together you know and you need to follow me and it was always christ but when I when we grew up in a, in a project, we grew up in a hip hop culture. In the hip hop culture, we were like pioneers in within the region, uh, even 
you know, back, I mean, even within the early foundation of hip-hop. And so hip-hop is, is, has a lot of philosophies and underground belief systems of conspiracies and even a mix of religion of Islam, Christianity, and just positive vibes, Buddhism. And so the store that we had um, back in 93 uh, to about 2005 was like a hub for different belief systems and people from the streets would come in and we would engage in these conversations. And I was just constantly searching and trying to do the right thing uh, through the store to do positive things in the community. But there was this one year when I, uh, let me back up a little bit. When I was 16, 17, I went to a service in a church and I got hit by the power of God. And uh, coming out of the Catholic church, we didn't experience that before. And because I didn't have a foundation, a really solid foundation with a church, I didn't continue to go back there. Um, I, I believe I got to say, God only knows, but I responded to the call and God touched me. And since that time, I remember that same voice following me. And so fast forward to the store. We had a store. It was successful for a little while. It had a, a, about a, half a million dollars for being open for three years. And we started getting into the entertainment business and nightclubs. And in the midst of it all, this fast life, not necessarily street, but just being around promiscuity and, like, all the stuff that comes with nightclub living, right? Uh, I, I remember calling, the DJ calling up some people to the DJ booth to do these really bad things, you know? And, I, and something said, you know, that's, that could be your sister. That could be your mother, you know? That could be your daughter, you know? And that voice wouldn't go away. And I remember one day, I felt like I was rotten from the inside out, and I was giving away turkeys for Thanksgiving. I was, you know, donating money to charity. I was doing a lot of positive things in the community. I opened up my store door, and I, I had this sense to pray. And now I'm around different belief systems, but I pray to the God of all creation. And I'm sitting in quiet, and I said, God, my friends believe in Buddha. They believe in Islam. They be you know, my, I was raised to believe in Jesus. I'm calling on the God of all creation to touch my heart and change me because I feel sick on the inside. And nobody knows it. Save me. Look at Abdur. He believes in Muhammad. You know, if Muhammad's the way, show me. You know, I'll follow him. If Buddha's the way, show me. I'll follow him. And if, but if Jesus is really the way, then change my life because I can't change myself. I had enough money. I had enough clothing. I had enough fun. But I was rotten on the inside out. And I remember about nine months later, this friend, he was like helping to manage the store. His name was Abdur Rauf. He comes in. He used to have his kufi on. He was a Sunni Muslim. And his chew stick, and I would say, Salam alaikum to greet him. And I remember he said, uh, you know, he was going through something in life, and he allowed his daughter to go to a church with his father, and he had to pick her up that day. And so the service was running late, so don't get mad at late services sometimes, right? <laughs> and he sat in the hallway out of respect, and he remembers while he was there uh, waiting for his daughter to come out um, because he didn't want to force his daughter into Islam. He, grew, he didn't grow up in Islam, so he allowed his daughter to go to this church that day. And so the, serv uh, the service is ending, and they're praying in the name of Jesus. And as he's standing there, he's telling me, he starts weeping. And, he's, and he starts crying. He's crying. He's uncontrollably. And he said, Paris, they was praying in the name of Jesus. And, and all I could do was pray back and say, Allah, why is it every time I hear the name of Jesus, I can't stop crying? And he started to shake. I was like, man, that's crazy. All right, get back to work. You know? <laughs> Good boss. Yep. I'm going to keep, I'm going to end this right here. And so a couple of months later, he comes in. I greet him. Salam alaikum. And he starts crying again. He said, Paris. I'm no longer Abdur Rauf. Over the weekend, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. So in that moment, I hear the voice. Remember your prayer? Because I said, God, if, if Jesus is the way, change him. Because he didn't want to hear about Jesus. He said, remember your prayer? How far are you going to run? And how long are you going to run before you realize that Jesus Christ is the only way? And from there became one thing after another that just began to draw me closer. And it came through a lot of hardship and trials. But you got to continue to follow the voice of God when he's prompting you. Amen. 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 Good. And I, le Amen. I left everything. And I, and I eventually 
um, a social work. I was doing after-school program. I gave my life to the Lord. I told her I'm a Christian. I said, if you accept me, you got to accept everything about me, you know. She said, just come in and help these kids. And uh, long story short, that social worker helped me at 38 to go to college for the first time. And I want to give a shout-out to my favorite professor, Dr. Schertz in the back, who was my professor there, who was a Christian who ministered to me there. Who would have known that he would be here one day? Isn't that amazing? Wow. Reminds me of that song, Mighty to Save. We sing, we, we sing it about ourselves too much, but you have to realize how that is from, from an external point. Never write anybody off. You're right. That's great. That's great. I, I definitely want to try to get this story in because this, yeah. this, this story is about this church and my mom and my brother praying for me. So and I think the, one of the last straws of, of um, this is going back before going into the Teen Challenge and then afterwards um, to the uh, Providence Rescue Mission. Um, I was invited to the church by Paris. Um, this church had to be some years ago. And I had a a plan. Okay. My plan was to get back there to tell these people that they're following the wrong God. <laughs> Jesus Christ is not Lord. He's just a prophet. Mm. And so I realized that if you raised your hand and came up and got saved, that you get back there. It's almost like the platinum room, right? <laughs> and... Uh, so I, you know, I, I thought I had, you know, I'm ready. I can, I can combat these people. They ain't got nothing on me. I'm so smart. You know what I mean? I'm swift with my tongue. I got all the backup here, you know? So I get back there and I do what I got to do. And the people are talking. We're talking back and forth. And I'm like, yeah, you know, but he's, he's not lost. He's a prophet and all this and that. And it's a smarty pants, you know? Um, so I leave. And I'm living in Fox Point at the time, and I was riding this funny-looking scooter thing that was pretty cool. But And I bump into this guy, Frank Joel, and he invites me to his church. And it's in Fox Point, and it's in, and it's in a school. And they, they, they understood that I was going through a lot of stuff, and you know, so they sent me to Teen Challenge. But before then, I got saved there, I think. <laughs> um, but then I was going to get baptized, and they, they do a baptismal uh, in Johnston, okay? So it's at this lake, and then I go with them to get baptized. <laughs> and all the people that were in that room <laughs> were there. <laughs> and they wasn't there for that they were there for another baptism so you know there you go God's saying like you know you keep on messing with me let me me, me jump in really quick it was when you had the prayer room on this side and uh, I remember the woman she was a prayer warrior she used to be here Wes Friedman Pat like a lot of these folks that I was had in the she used to wear purple right she used to we were talking on the side and he didn't know it because I was like you gotta pray for my brother and, uh, <laughs> and the funny thing is we were all involved. It's funny how God brought us all back together because he told me the story, but she did too. And she, that she was there. I saw your brother. He got baptized. I took, cause she spoke into his life that day and it was only God. Cause I couldn't convince him. We grew up with that same mindset of Jesus as a prophet or a good guy. Like we just wanted to accept everything. But when she spoke into his life, she was prophesying into his life. That's a time that I, re- I really right. believe God was prophesying to him. And then when that happened, I just had to sit back and say, wow, God, that's amazing. Because I used to be afraid for him. We, we grew up in tough mm. times. I did mm. a lot of bad things. He did a lot of bad things. But his stuff was really public. And I don't want to throw it all out there, but God, <laughs> no, he right saved now. him. He yeah. saved him literally from yeah, he, dying. <laughs> I always say that God had to step off his throne for me. <laughs> Angels of God saved him. We just tell you that. When you, 
but <laughs> I'll leave it at that. But, I, but, but the thing is that, you know, going through the Providence Rescue Mission um, and, and now going back there to preach like Pastor John's doing, I, I actually uh, go back there and give the word there during those times and I can, I can relate to being able to be on that pulpit. And I, and, and I always begin with um, saying to those who are homeless and going through this stuff that I'm only 20 steps away from being where you're at. Because outside of the Providence Rescue Mission is a war zone. There's, there's alcohol, there's drugs, there's, everything's out there. And so, I, 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 and, I, and I love that they don't even have a podium no more, or not a podium, but a, you know, a stage, a platform, that I could be on a level with them and just really speak to them, you know? So, um, but going through that, the Providence Rescue Commission, when I was in the discipleship program for 13 months, they had to throw me out because I, I didn't want to leave. <laughs> but, um, but I did go back there to work at the Providence Rescue Commission also. But God will send people to you in every area, even a guy that will irritate you so much that you will love. One evening, it was... I didn't get to leave um, on Christmas. They said they re- they said no to the restriction um, to not going out, and it was good because it was still I was still fresh, and I was still trying to work things out, right? And and I still am, of course. Um, but the, this gentleman that just irritated me so much came in, um, Ray Farnham, and he was dressed up like now he's a tall skinny guy, and he was dressed up like, and I'm sitting in the bed, I'm just, ah, I can't leave, da, 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 you know what I mean? Just angry, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I hear somebody in the background, oh, oh, Merry Christmas, and I'm like, who's that? <laughs> and uh, the dorm door opens up, and it's Ray Farnham, and he's in a Christmas suit, and he's got a bag full of socks and winter hats and you know, stuff for the homeless. And this is what he's doing on Christmas Eve. And the joy and, and everything about the Lord just leaped into my heart. And just everything that I was thinking about, like, that I was mad about, just went away. And, and everything that I felt about this guy just went away. And I could not contain the love I had for him. It was just amazing, amazing love, you know. And, uh, and him and I have... A great relationship today, um, and he took me to the Million Man um, concert there. You know the Promise Keepers there. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, very fun. Amazing guy. Wow. So yeah, definitely. So just looking at your life now, and we've been reminiscing, which is amazing, and, and our stories are always being written every day, as as you've said, Mark, in a sense. Um, you know, I guess we can say, look what the Lord has done, right? In all of our lives, but especially today, just hearing Paris and Mark's heart and, and the testimonies and, and the great orchestrator that he is uh, in this, and you can say that. And even though you're going through some things now in family, uh, he's with you in that. He's with you in that. I wanted to read a, a quote from a Catholic priest, believe it or not. Yes, they have some great quotes, and this one is following God. But St. Francis del Sales said this once, the same everlasting Father who cares for you today will take care of you tomorrow and every day. Either he will shield you from suffering or he will give you unfailing strength to bear it. So it's almost that revolving door of just no matter where we are, God's faithful in that. And I would just encourage uh, each and every one of us to, I think it's in um, Luke, where it says, you know, be faithful, you be faithful in the little things. How much can God be faithful to you in the greater things. Just paraphrasing that a little bit. 
And I think that's true to us, whether we're hoping people that will come into our lives, you know, to help change our lives and God's working through them. But as you guys are great testimonies, it's also a point when God is calling us to be the vessel in someone else's life, be the answer through God. But it starts with the basics of being faithful in what you have now. I know we live in America, and, and that's great, and we've got things going on, as any other country will do, you know, pretty much, of up and down culture, politics, and all that jazz. But we have to be thankful in where we are now. And, and I think your heart, hearing your hearts, that helped God bring you to where you are now, whether it be a, a role model in a Christmas outfit, right, coming to give you gifts, whether it be somebody converting from a, a religion of Islam. You know, there's God is always at work. So, but we're responsible. We can't control everything we've talked about, but we're responsible to be aware and, and bring an expectation to that. That God will call you out to be an answer to somebody else, but God will, as much as he's calling you out, will bring somebody to be an answer to you as well and his faithfulness and his faithfulness. And even when we trip and mess up, I've done that too, I think we all have, you know, he will, like I said earlier, he will pick us back up because he's, he's yearning to continue to write these testimonies so he gets glory. He's not, that's part of that jealousy that he has towards us. Yeah. Not because he needs us. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> but he wants to be a part of that journey. And he is just, and I'll be quiet in a minute, he's just as much uh, caring about our journey as he is our destination. So rest in that. He knows where you are right now as you're hearing these things. And he's the Holy Spirit will work in, in your life. But wow, what a great... Example of what God has done, what He's continuing to do. And we come together as a church community to celebrate what He's done in your lives and each and every one of our lives. I think that's so key. So key. But as, as Mark and as it's on Paris's heart too, if you don't have this relationship with God, it's everything. It's everything. I don't have to be a salesman to sell this. The world is getting darker and darker and darker. And we can either trust in our own efforts of what tomorrow may bring or trust in who creates the now and tomorrow and have a relationship with that almighty God. And, and, and it's a narrow road. Jesus was very clear about that. Relationship is it, not religion, but a relationship with Christ will bring you this, this eternal life here on earth and write your story. But also when we physically pass, you have eternal life there too. Because what Jesus did on the cross, God wants a relationship with you and he brought Jesus to do that. But Jesus, as Paris was saying earlier with all these different religions, he is the only way. It's a narrow road. But isn't that easier? <laughs> I don't have to wander my whole life. <laughs> wandering and wandering. So, Paris, why don't you pray us out? And then if any of you do not have a relationship with Christ, we haven't been doing a lot of altar calls because I'll get into that more. It's more than just a prayer. That's a beginning. That's a beginning. But if you, if you want us to pray with you, to say, you know, Paris, Mark, Pastor Chris or any of the prayer team here, I don't have a relationship with Jesus or God through Christ. Come down and we'll pray. We'll pray with you. God meets you where you are. You don't have to clean up to come down. You just have to come down. Just step out. The testimonies we could have in this room of people thinking maybe we had to clean up before I came to Christ. Mary knows where you are. He took that stuff that you thought made you dirty. It was nailed to the cross already. So you need to walk in that. But come down after service, and we'd love to pray with you and do that um, and go from there. But Paris, will you just pray us out, and then I'll have a few other things. Thank you. Mm. And can I just say one last thing? Absolutely. I always think about the person that's outside who, who's struggling with 
the identity of God, mm. the purpose of life, why they're here, why they're going through what they're going through, and if God's reliable. But God is reliable. Amen. God's reliable in creation. He created all things. He created form. He filled the form with, with living creatures, with vegetation, with food. It's like God's the greatest parent, and we model that. Like parents, we, 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 we hook up the crib. We prepare it for the baby to come home. We dress it up. And naturally, a woman provides the feed, you know, the nourishment. It's modeled after God's idea. That came from God. God's faithful to his people in history. We can't go through all the Bible characters. They're all messed up people who God called and they responded. God's been faithful because that's who he is. That's his character. He's unchangeable. He's always the same. The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God is faithful to you whether you know it or not. And he wants to give you those keys and those jewels and those gems of his faithfulness by knowing who he is, that he's reliable. And then when we leave this place, God is faithful to give us a place. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, for those who believe in his name, for those who call upon his name, that where I am, you can be there too. It's a VIP. And Jesus has the pass. <laughs> He's the gatekeeper. And so, Father God, we lift up this time. We give you thanks for who you are, oh God. We give you thanks for your faithfulness, oh God. For your goodness in our life, oh God. Father, I pray that you would touch. Father, of course your people, Lord God. Touch your people, Lord God. Refresh them with your faithfulness, oh God. And refresh those who may not know you, Lord. Who may have doubt, Lord God, and difficulty, Lord God. I pray that you would touch them right now by your Holy Spirit, oh God. Father, that we could know you more in 2024 and know you better and know your faithfulness, oh God. And we thank you, Lord God, for Jesus Christ who came to reveal your faithfulness to us. Help us to know him more and know who we are and our identity in him, oh God. And we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Yeah, let's give them a hand. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you got, yeah, please, let's stand and just give them. Thank you, guys, for coming up today, sharing your heart. Love you, brother. All right. Well, just a few more things before we dismiss. Um, you don't want to miss the next two. Hi. Uh, my name is Henok Constant, and uh, I want to thank you this morning for joining us. I hope you had a wonderful time of worship, and I hope you enjoyed the conversation that Pastor Chris uh, had with uh, our brothers Mark and Paris Fisher uh, to talk about the faithfulness of God. I was blessed by their stories that they shared, and I also can testify to God's faithfulness in my life with so many things, so many stories where God has shown up in places that I didn't expect, in places that I didn't even understand. I think one of the brothers said that God would do things in your life that you can't even explain, so others may know that it's him that did it. Even you will understand that's God that did it. Uh, I have a little short story I want to share with you. This past week, I had a project that I was working on at work uh, that started probably uh, two months ago. And I had a lot of obstacles during those times to plan the project. Uh, I was, there was a lot of barriers. There was a lot of things that sometimes that would make me realize maybe I'm not cut out for this. And maybe I don't know what I'm doing. But throughout it all, through it, through it all I, uh, I was asking God to show me something, to be with me. To not let me do it my, myself, but to send people my way. And true enough... I didn't know how to do some of the things that I needed to do, but God put people in my way, on my way, to help me out. People that I didn't know were able to do that. People that I didn't know were people that can do this. So 
when I joined forces with those people, at the end, the event turned out to be something spectacular. I didn't know what happened. I went into it not knowing what was going to happen. But when the result came out, it only had to be God. And the obstacles that I had to deal with, there were people that expected me to fail. But when you are God's child, he always come through for you, even though it may not look like it. So I can testify that God was faithful for me uh, this past week, this past Friday, in, 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 that, stand, in, that, in, that, in that instance. So I want to encourage you to be true to God, to know him more. As we, as we are learning this year, we have to, to know more, uh, God more. So I, I want to encourage you to stay with God, go to him, talk to him. And allow him to speak back to you and you will see his faithfulness. And I know some of you have testimonies that you would like to share that you would want to share if you were given the opportunity. You could actually call the church and share your testimonies and talk about the faithfulness of God. And if you are watching and you don't know God yet, you don't know Jesus and you would like to know about the faithfulness of God. Well, the only thing you have to do is just accept Christ in your life. And make him Lord and Savior in your life. And you can enjoy, you can experience this faithfulness. And if you would like, I would like to lead you into a prayer right now by just repeating after me. By saying, Father, I acknowledge that you are God. And I acknowledge that you sent your Christ Jesus to die for my sin. I accept that Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life. Please forgive my sin and accept me into your kingdom. If you have made this prayer, you are now part of God's kingdom. And all I would ask you to do is that tomorrow morning, you may call the church. There should be a number on your screen. Call the church and uh, someone will be right there around 8, 8.30. Someone should be there to take your call and talk to you and send you some materials. Better yet, next week, Come by, come to the church so we'd like to see you in person. Come and say hello, and someone will be there to talk to you. I want to thank you for uh, being with us today via live stream. And it's always a pleasure to have you with us, and it's always even good to have you in the house with us. Uh, have a happy Sunday. For those of you who are going to watch the Super Bowl tonight, I hope your team wins. And I pray that uh, we have you next Sunday with us to worship. Thank you, and God bless.